Sure. What's up, Nathan? Welcome back. Hey, Scott. How's it been? It's been a a long week. Yeah, long week. We've been we missed each other a few times. Mainly my bad. Um, We've We've all got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but we're here. Um, So today we're going to talk about piggybacking off of the last episode, having you found a founder. Now, uh, what domain in terms of web or mobile and what those terms mean um, and where you should be focusing your efforts? So meaning like you have a founding partner, right? We talked about partnerships last time, right? And then let's say we also have an idea ready to go. And then it's kind of how do we choose? Is it a web technology solution? Is it a mobile technology solution? Is it something different? Is that what you mean? That is what I mean. Awesome. That's why I like when you, that's why I like when you start us off. All right. I'll try again. Next <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So what are your thoughts initially on, like, how do you decide what to focus on web or mobile? Yeah, that's a great question. It's also a, a kind of a can of worms in the sense that we could probably go on this topic forever. Um, and, you know, kind of with a hypothetical example like this, uh, it's a bit harder to, to, to go in any direction in particular, right? But I think some of the, the things that I would keep in mind, right, when kind of thinking about this particular problem is, again, you know, obviously at this point we need to understand what problem it is we're trying to solve. Um, and hopefully when you, uh, which we already talked about in previous episodes, right, and let's assume we kind of know and understand our our, our problem space, our competitive landscape, um, and things like that, right? You'll have a good enough understanding to be able to assess where best to start, right? Um, I think some things to keep in mind or that I would keep in mind, you know, when thinking about this problem is I think today, and it'd be interesting to pull up the the stats, maybe I'll try to do that as we're talking here, but um, is the fact that most eyes, most eyeballs, most time spent, you know, using technology devices today, I believe is on mobile devices, right? So that's where most people, most of their time spent, you know, at a computer or mobile device or TV or whatever is spent on a mobile device. Mm. So that's just something to keep in mind because that's where people spend most of their time. So you're increasing your chances of, you know, your target audience uh, and user, right? spending the time using your, your product that you want to build. Right. So that's, you know, just something to keep in mind. Um, I think, you know, there are other considerations, especially if you're thinking, you know, or when thinking about mobile, I guess, is there's a certain kind of features and functionality that a mobile device provides you that are harder, if not impossible to get just like on a web application or a, a you know, a desktop uh, application, right? Namely, things like a precise location and position, right? Through through GPS. Yes, you can get proximate location using a web browser. You know, it's I think it's basically your internet provider triangulation, right? That'll give um, your web browser a approximate location. But if you want a precise location, you know, you have that 
functionality that is provided to you in a mobile device, or I should say most mobile devices, right? There are things like, um, you know, access to uh, cameras, you know, high-end cameras that are available on mobile devices that are sometimes harder to get on desktop or laptop computers or less accessible through web, you know, applications and interfaces. There are things like accelerometers, right? Um, in, you know, a watch or, uh, you know, um, a mobile device that you don't get typically on uh, laptop or desktop com computer. So that's, you know, all that to say is if, if kind of your idea and product has a heavy rely on, reliance, sorry, on some of those things, then in a sense, you know, you're kind of forced down the path of looking at mobile um, technologies, right? With that said, um, I also think that the, the barrier to entry, I guess, in kind of mobile development um, is probably a bit higher than if you're just doing some basic web applications. You know, like we talked about in previous episodes, you, you could conceivably start your project and idea on a service provider like Wix or Squarespace or whatever, where you have already kind of out of the box rich functionality. Um, and that's pretty, you know, low barrier to entry. You have, you could also start building your own web applications, right? Um, that are probably lower barrier to entry than having to develop mobile devices, right? Or developing for mobile devices. So I think if you wanted to or needed to start accessing these mobile native, um, you know, features and functionality like GPS, accelerometer, and et cetera, you're forced to kind of uh, to develop native applications. And then that just opens Pandora's box of, okay, do you do iOS? Do you do, so Apple devices, right? Do you do Android? Do you do um, Windows phones? If that's still a thing, right? Um, so I don't know. That was a kind of a long no, that's, diatribe. Yeah, you, that I'm was curious really good. what you think. Um, it's funny in the beginning, you mentioned that most people spend most of their time on native apps. And mobile devices is what I said. Mobile devices, sorry. And I just think about my work day and I, I didn't even realize that. Like you're, you're right. I, it's just something I didn't think about. Um, and I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know if you're the prime statistic for this either because you're an engineer. So you spend a lot mm -hmm. of time developing engineer, you know, software and technology products. And for that, typically you need a computer, laptop, desktop, right, whatever, right, right, right. we spend quite a bit of time. But even with that said, you are now yourself self-admitting that you spend a lot of time on your yeah. mobile device, right? So imagine people who aren't, aren't engineers, yeah. Yeah. right? Where do you think they're going to be spending time? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and then you mentioned something about barrier to entry. Um, traditionally, like it, I haven't met many, mo even in engineering, I haven't met many mobile only engineers. It's, I could probably count, like count them on my hands, um, which is super interesting. I think the cost of building a mobile application is definitely higher. Do you think, like, if, if, we, if we agree that our product needs the functionalities that a native device, like a phone, camera, accelerometer, GPS does, do you also need a website? 
like like a not just I guess this is open ended, but beyond informational, do you need do you need a website for functionality? That's a that's a great question. Um, and by the way, while you were talking, I was just trying to pull up some statistics here. And according to CNET, um, in 2021, and of course now I lost the row where I saw the number, but um, people were spending an average of 4.1 hours a day on their mobile devices. So that's a large chunk of a 24-hour day. Right? Yeah. Um, to go back to your question, I, that, again, I think it depends a lot on what it is you're trying to build. I think you, you did touch on something that I was going to say. I think the informational website and the informational presence is a must-have prerequisite requirement um, that, that, you know, you should have. And that's primarily because I think still today, most the general population, right? When they go use technology products and services, it starts with Google, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, maybe today, I don't know, right? Where they start with searches, right? And it's not as easy to be found in a search or to interact in any kind of ease of use uh, or easy to use way, I should say, um, you know, search results for uh, application. Let's say your your application is one of the results in your Google search. Then it is to go in and um, just interact with the product itself uh, online. So again, I think it depends a lot. But I'm of the opinion. I can share my opinion. Um, I, I do think. Um, when you build products and services, it's best to have the application and the functionality, maybe not full functionality, but some of it available both, you know, mobile first, if that's where you focus, but on the web as well. Um, I, I get pretty frustrated when, you know, I'm not playing on my mobile device, right? And I want to go do something for app A, B, or C and I can't do it, you know, on my desktop or whatever, because they mm. have no web presence, right? Mm. Again, am I the typical user? Probably not. Yeah. I spend a lot of time at the computer, but still, right? Yeah. That's interesting. Especially uh, when, you know, today, and, and probably you have, I suspect you have more experience than I do with this, but, um, you know, you have frameworks and technologies like, you know, React Native that kind of allow you to, build something once, write the code once, essentially, right, and have whatever you're building available on all platforms, web, Android, iOS, right? So at that point, might as well do that, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you have experience with React Native, if you have opinions on it. I don't. That makes me a little nervous, though. Why? Um, the those domains are so vastly different between web native web and native and then within native ios and android that i would something things like scare me when they're just magic solutions to your problems 
that take like a lot of craft. So I think those are really good tools. I think you should, yeah, I, I, I'd have to actually build something and see how it, how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, because a native experience is very different than a mobile experience or a mobile web experience. Um, and so I think you would, I think you're, let's say you did find an, a developer to do this and they were really good. I think you would need to put a lot of thought into your, your web experience and your, mo your native mobile experience. Can um, you, Cause that's a great point. Um, what you bring up, I actually tend to agree. Um, can you say more in, in your mind, what are the, the kind of biggest differences between like a mobile native application experience versus like a mobile web experience, right? Because a lot of the, even the, the default browsers in a lot of these devices and operating systems on your mobile device, right? They try as hard as they possibly can to have experiences in the mobile you know, browser be as close to as similar as seamless you know when comparing it to like a native application so what's the difference between the two it's a great question and i don't know if i have a great answer for it um i think i think understanding it goes back to understanding your domain um things in things in mobile web uh I, I don't understand native technologies uh, really. I mean, I could probably figure it out, but I don't understand them that deeply. But when you're on a mobile site, things are cramped. Even if they're done really well, like if it's a complex thing, things are crammed together. And then the user interactions are very, need to be very well thought out for a mobile experience. So like the other day, um, I was trying to order something at a coffee shop beforehand and it was probably the worst experience I've ever dealt with, but they also have a mobile app. And so it's like, it's data organization where I think uh, in web too much data might be presented because maybe you don't have the engineering capacity to really design, like engineer these things in a way that makes sense for your users to have a seamless experience. Where in mobile, I feel like just because of the domain, you're forced to simplify things a bit more and you have less uh, pot potential for interaction. Like in, in web, you're like, if you think, what website am I on? It's like, you have the header and then you have the dropdown and you have all this stuff. But in, in mobile, you're in their world. So you know where you are. So yeah. you can clean a lot of that stuff up. Um, yeah, I could go on. That, that's what I'll say about it. Um, but I don't think you can design a mobile web application to be seamlessly mobile native i think that would be very that'd be amazing i think it would take a lot of effort but an entrepreneur situation we're talking about i think that yeah it, it would it would be very hard to do um which would bring bring me back to our original conversation of understanding your customer and domain if you if you're just targeting 
a demographic that are iPhone users, maybe you just invest in that um, instead of trying to throw everything in, into one yeah. and capture, you know, because a few, I think less people having a great experience is better than a bunch of people having a shitty experience. And I would uh, agree. Always. Did you download Clubhouse when it was right? I did. So that's a really good candidate for mobile. Um, and the UI was, I thought I was actually really impressed. It was like a really good user experience and I was thoroughly impressed. And my use case for it kind of diminished over a pretty short period of time. But that was a perfect like mm-hmm. use case. And they were, they even said, we're only doing iOS for now. So if you don't have I, if you don't have an iOS device, like sorry, and they optimize their experience for the set of users, and I think everyone had a very positive experience. Yeah, um, and that left a pretty good uh, minds like, or I don't want to say like left a good taste in your mouth, but like you're excited to use the product. I get the point. Yeah, you, you get can the use point. that analogy. I like it. I like food. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was a little bit of a rant, but no, I mean it's interesting, and I would agree. I think it's very hard to replicate the 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 uh, as seamless and as clean experiences uh, that you can get in native, you know, through web applications. And often, I think it kind of falls in kind of two categories of of kind of, or two buckets of why you end up with, say, a native app and a mobile experience is either you're starting and you just want to go super wide and hit as many people as possible for as cheap as possible. So you are building something with a like React Native type framework where you're building it once, kind of trying it for everyone and just have a massive blast radius and you do it once because you're low on resources or money or what a time or whatever it is. And you're just, you know, shipping this out there. And then I, I would argue in situations like that, you have pretty poor experiences, like as you described, right? Or in the other bucket, it's like people that have optimized the heck out of their, you know, iOS app and their web app um, and their Android app, right? And now they're like, hey, we've got time and resources and money. Why don't we check another box and gain even more coverage by providing, even if it's not the best, but we provide one um, native experience and, or right. sorry, um, mobile web experience, right? And when you get to that point, then you can spend the time, money, people, resources, and whatnot to, to tailor the iOS Safari experience to be the best it can be for that browser on that device. And then you will build a different app and experience for you know, the Chrome browser on Android devices and whatever. And at that point, you're really spending the time and money and efforts to design properly and build for each one of these kind of um, uh, uh, like uh, setups, I guess, yep. right? I think um, you, you made me think of something. What, ha- what seems to happen when people start a technology business or build a product is they throw a lot of money at it and then there's always problems. Like there's bugs, there's new features, things don't work the way they thought, it's slow. And controlling your domain in that phase I think is super important. Because if someone has a, a like a, people are using this on Safari and Chrome browsers, but 
something broke in Safari, but like 30% of the users use Safari, you're going to have to fix that. But is that impact? So now let's say we're using React Native for web and mobile. Is that bug fix going to break something else in mobile? And you've just, you've just tripled your, uh, your risk potential yeah. in bugs and chasing after these things when you just need to be figuring out if this is a viable business or not. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I think should be taken pretty seriously. Um, I think that that topic in and of itself is worth a full oh, yeah. one or more episodes, which we should do at a later point in time. So maybe you just managed to provide us the best segue possible there, Scott, for uh, next week. That's what they call me. Segway. Segway Scott. <laughs> Segway Scott. <laughs> Segway Scott. All right. That's going to stick, man. We're going to stick with that Segway Scott. All right. In any case, anything more you want to add before we go? Um, Wrap this thing up. So yeah, to, to recap, it's a very similar theme. And I, I know this might be boring to some people, but it's super important is start small, fix your problems and move on from there. Like we, there's people get excited and scope gets huge where just keep reining it back. Um, yeah. So, and that'll I think, set you up for success. Yeah. yeah. Scope creep. Great, great phrase. Um, well, thank you so much, Nathan. It was great, as always. As always, Scott, appreciate your time. Appreciate you, man. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. All right.